Well, hi, everybody, and thanks for coming back to week number 11, and welcome to 2019. This is Survival Beyond the Bug Out Bag. I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at Refuse to Be a Victim Personal Protection Training. We're located in Southern Oregon in the Medford White City area. As always, I invite you to send your ideas, suggestions, or comments to podcast at wits-and.com. Wits-and.com. Well, I'm feeling uh, the momentum from the CPR class that I took last Saturday. As I said, I was really impressed. It's good to know how to do things. And I've now taken a step I didn't think of. Here in the building where I work, we do have, in fact, an AED. They suggest during the class getting permission to look inside, see what that thing looks like. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be opening up the consumable items like the pads, but read through the instructions Find out how often things need to be updated and charged. I think this is really good advice, and you know, I'm a little type A for those of you who haven't met me. No, really, I am. I went out and I ordered a new pocket mask, even some rubber gloves, just in case. I hope I never have to use them. Now, the cost is $50 a person, and all the details are on the class list page. Just click the link inside to register. This is first come, first serve, and it is a non-refundable event. You'll be certified in CPR, AED, basic first aid, and there will also be extra information included on basic gunshot trauma treatment. And you know, as an RSO, I found that information very, very useful. Reminder, we do have some spaces in our January 12th CHL class. Jump on the link. It's right there again in the class list drop down. The classes are held at MRPC, that's on Vias Road in the Medford area, and you'll also have an option to get your Arizona permit. Now, when you combine that with the reciprocity of the Oregon CHL, you're going to end up with 35 states coverage, and I think that's really, really useful. I travel a lot, and I find it uh, quite valuable. Okay, I was thinking about money for this week. I mean, after the holidays, you're looking at what used to be your bank account. You're looking at the credit cards and the bills and uh, future expenses of tax time. Money's on everybody's mind. And it's also on everybody's mind if you work on a government job and the government has shut down almost all, not all, but many of those areas are shut down and people are doing without paychecks. This is just one example of the type of things that can interrupt what we think of as normal business. I told you the story probably eight or nine episodes back. I used to live in Arcata, California. I worked at Humboldt State University. That's in Arcata, California. That's near Eureka, to help you locate it on the map. It's about eight hours from San Francisco and 24 hours away from anything else. We had an individual in that area who was an eco-warrior, and all of the computer and technology things came in on one line, and this person would go out into the, the wilderness, into the woods, and take a chainsaw to this big cable and pitch us back to the 1800s. We lost cell phones, banking, some of the gas pumps shut down because service was interrupted electrically. For about seven days, we had to pretty well be on our own. Now, if your house was heated with a uh, special type of thermostat or you were dealing with some computer connections, 
you were in a bad way. So interruptions of various types are always a possibility and more and more they become almost a likelihood depending upon where you are. And I started thinking about money. Okay, I have X number of dollars in the bank and I go to my ATM, I enter my code and I get my money or I write a check and the merchant accepts it or I use my debit card. Well, if you can't do any of those things, that is a significant issue. I started thinking in an emergency, be it an eco-warrior or a government shutdown, as we're looking at getting by, bartering, I think, is going to actually be a part of it. That's what we did back at, during our outage. I happened to have some extra this and somebody else needed some of that, and we were able to actually trade. So I went to a number of different sites, and I did find a really good site in researching this, and I'm going to include the link. It's called Survival Dispatch. Uh, they are, they're out of Florida, Gainesville, Florida, and they have some pretty interesting stuff on their website, so I'm going to include it. I went to a number of sites, and I was very impressed with what I found here, and they had some suggestions, along with several other sites, of things you should stock up for long-term or short-term situations when you may have to barter, when you can't get to cash, when you don't have a lot of cash with you, when the kids took that money out of the bug-out bag to go to the arcade or buy a skateboard. That's a whole other issue. So some of the things that uh, were discussed, I hear a lot of people talking about precious metals. And this is kind of interesting, and I'm talking about gold and silver here. In the short term, a situation has occurred, there's a problem, you have to bug out, or we have an infrastructure failure. Short-term precious metals will be very valuable. I'll give you two gold coins for this much of that, or I'll give you this much silver if you give me that much water, that type of thing. Eventually, however, precious metals are going to lose their value because really you can't eat a gold coin or a silver bar. I suppose you could, but stick with me. So really, precious metals are good for short term, the immediate aftermath involving a problem, and they're also going to be highly valuable for when things come back. And I'm not talking about a week off due to a technical issue. I'm talking about a serious interruption. As the economy again starts to turn and starts to operate, you're going to see some real value in having precious metals. It's that interim after the first few weeks when people realize, whoa, I can't drink this. I need I need water. I need a sandwich. I'm, you know, I need batteries, that type of thing. So think about that in your strategy of precious metals and how much of your preparation, your survival budget you put towards that. Now, I mentioned batteries. This is something now with the new types of lights we have, the lithium batteries are going to last longer. They are more expensive. I see people going through these huge... I have not used a D battery in forever. I have a couple old flashlights. I have a rechargeable D battery thing. They never seem to last anyway. Stock up on the battery sizes that you're going to need. For me... At my house, I'm finding AA and AAA in lithium and 9 volt in lithium. I've also found it really useful to get some of those little round batteries. And if we're talking about bartering or if we're talking about, about personal use, hearing aid batteries, 
batteries that go in special electronics. I know some scopes have batteries. I know some hearing protectors have batteries. I know that recharging is useful, but I also know some of the rechargers, this is where doing your homework is really, really important. I know some of the rechargers, I mean, it takes two days to recharge four AA batteries. Not really what I'm looking for. You'd have to have five chargers going 24 hours a day. Not that they're going to work at night, but you get the idea. You have to have all these chargers going, and if you're on the move, that's not always practical. Do your research. But I think batteries are a good thing. You can trade them, or you may need them yourself. Now, the real obvious is uh, food and water. There are some long-term storage solutions on each of the sites I've listed, places you can get canned goods that will last 10, 15 years, places that you can get support materials, and by that I'm talking about uh, toilet paper. Uh, This was on several people's lists, and I thought, well, obviously, but it's not something you'd normally think of. Toilet paper and personal hygiene products and uh, sanitary pads and things like that for the ladies, these are things that are going to be in demand. We're definitely going to need them. Also, diapers, powder, and diaper rash things. I remember this very vividly from being a parent. You're going to want to have powder. Probably not talc because talc has asbestos in it. You're going to want to have perhaps condoms. As we stop and think about it in a really serious bug-out situation or a major disruption, probably an unexpected pregnancy is not where you want to go. And dealing with waste and dealing with the byproducts of taking care of yourself has to be done correctly. I talked about that earlier, and we're going to try and get some more information down the road on that. What else should we talk about? Interestingly enough, everybody says, let's get some ammo. And yes, ammo is very useful for both defense and food sources. And what you don't want to have is your own personal firearm shop. If you have a 9mm and a shotgun and a 308, obviously that's the ammunition you're going to want to stockpile. On the other hand, it's been suggested, and I found this kind of interesting, certain calibers like 22 and 9mm are very common, and having a few boxes of that to swap, you're definitely going to end up with a, a valuable commodity. One or two persons said there's no way they would trade ammo. They look at that as almost like food and water. Other people say, well, you know, you really need that medicine. You're going to trade a box or two of ammo for it. Which brings me to medicine. Even over-the-counter things like Benadryl, uh, KO pectate, oh my God. You can get omeprazole over-the-counter if you have reflux. Any antacid products. Also medical supplies and band-aids are cute and some neosporins nice but you're going to want some gauze pads. You're going to want some things you can use to wrap. Now as I'm going through this these are things that you're going to need yourself. You might want to consider even certain extra items. We're talking about trading. We're talking about bartering. Can't get to money. You can't get to a check. Nobody wants a check. Nope, sorry, I got to have cash. What are you going to do? Well, these are some of the things. I'll tell you, some of that anti itch cream can be worth its weight in gold. Fuel's an interesting concept. Uh, I read a couple of different sites and they're talking about saving fuel. All right, first of all, gasoline 
is incredibly dangerous. I, you know, I understand the needs to store fuel. Also, gasoline goes bad, which I discovered that. I did not know gasoline goes bad. Well, um, there are some additives you can add that will prevent that from happening. And you would, I think, as I like to do with water, when you stockpile it, you use it up and replenish it so that I would not keep gasoline for more than a month. I probably wouldn't keep gasoline at all where I live. I'm going to carry some extra bottles of anti-itch cream or some extra ammunition to trade for gasoline just because of the safety issue. There are other types of fuel. There's the little canisters. There's the little propane bottles. There are all kinds of options. If you have some for yourself, good. If you have an opportunity and a safe way to store fuels and heating sources and things like that, then I would definitely uh, put that on my list. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, interestingly enough, somebody brought up tobacco and alcohol. This is more of a trade. I'm not that big a drinker, and I don't smoke, but I can really see how a carton of cigarettes could go a long way to solving a problem. This brings us to a whole other area. These are just some of the things I've come across. Oh, two other things before I move on. Things to barter, salt, sugar, pepper, and spices. I don't know anybody. I have been out dining my entire adult life and even some time as a child, and there's always somebody going for the pepper shaker. Now, cooking is going to be something of importance, especially if you're one of these people who think they're going to go out and shoot a deer. Well, okay, you're going to want some seasoning on that, and so are other people. That's where we're going with this. Having some spices extra. And, again, these things are available in bulk and special packages that aren't going to turn into a giant block, the salt turning into a salt lick. Let's consider that. Looking at some salt, sugar, spices. One other thing, and this is purely personal. I've seen it on a couple of the sites and said, amen. Coffee. Oh, my gosh. It is possible to get bulk coffee, either unroasted, in long-term packaging, and then you roast it as you need it and grind the beans, or uh, pre-ground. I have become a big fan of some of that uh, very finely ground coffee beans that a number of the companies put out, and I use them with a cup of hot water. They're easily transportable. They store forever. They're reasonably cost-effective. They're about a buck a cup, and that's not too bad. So those are two things that I want to suggest. Seasoning, we'll call it seasoning, sugar, spice, that type of stuff, and coffee. Okay, we kind of went through just some basic ideas. I'll be interested in your, if you'd like to, we could put together a top ten. The top ten things for barter that you could also use yourself. I think this is really useful information. The other thing is knowing how to barter. In some cultures, I was in Indonesia, and if you do not bargain, if you do not haggle with the vendor, you can end up actually getting stabbed because you have offended that person. In their culture, you are saying, no, you're not worth bargaining with. Take the money. Doesn't go over. Now, this was in 1974 when I was there. Things perhaps have changed just a little bit. But in many cultures, in many countries, it is considered appropriate to haggle. It is considered uh, 
appropriate to bargain. When you are bartering, you're definitely not going to bring everything to the table. You're not going to roll up looking like a general store. You're going to ask for what you need, you're going to listen to what they want, and you're going to weigh, just as you do in any business transaction, you're going to weigh the value of what you're getting for what you're giving up. You're going to find prices sky high. I know during the earthquakes I have been through, I walked into a store, I expected to pay more, but this guy wanted $60 for a pack of four AAA batteries. He didn't get it. I know all of the sites I've visited, there are some excellent pamphlets and booklets and articles all dealing with how to barter, how to negotiate. And this is something that, uh, you know, it's generally thought of as more of a Mad Max scenario, but really, even after earthquakes, these are the type of things you're going to want to have, those few little extra items to smooth the way and keep things moving in the right direction. I'd like to remind everybody, we do have spaces for our CPR class in February the 16th. If you're interested, I gave you all the prices and information at the front. It's on the class list drop-down. We hope to see you there. I found it really valuable, and I'm sure you will, too. Okay, that looks like just about everything for this week. Next week, we're going to try and get Phil back in here. It's an excellent time of year to start thinking about being healthy and maintaining physical fitness, a good mental attitude, and a good physical condition so you're prepared to deal with whatever life throws at you. So, Phil's coming back next week. We're going to work on getting Sandra in here in a week or so, and we've got some more things planned. I hope you will come back. I hope you will also share this podcast with your friends. There's linking information uh, at the top of the box that describes the podcast. You can put it on Facebook. You can put it on Twitter. You can send the links to your friend. Just invite him to come to the website here. This is perfectly appropriate for you to do. It may be downloaded or shared by guests to this website for non-commercial entertainment purposes. Now, we do have to be snarky and say it is copyright. Refuse to be a victim. Personal Protection Training 2019. It may not be broadcast, edited, or sold without the express written permission of this company. Okay, that's it for this week. Be safe, be good to each other, and I'll see you at the range.